Welcome to our podcast, Moving Intelligently, with me, Liron Cass. I'm a yoga and Pilates teacher, and I've been teaching Pilates and yoga for over a decade now. And I'm here to give you more advice, more tips, more inspiration, and how you can move better in your body and feel better, so you can do more of whatever you love doing more often. Today, I want to talk to you about how to choose a Pilates class. This is something that I get asked so often and I guess it's a tricky one because there's so many classes out there and it's a very difficult one. Maybe your doctor has referred you and you're now looking for a Pilates class. Maybe you're already going to a Pilates class and you're wondering whether you get the real thing. And there's so many names out there, also very confusing. Uh, Classical Pilates, the real Pilates, Pilates for back pain, many different names, many different options. And today I'm not going to give you a full review of whatever is out there. I'm just going to name the most important things that I think you should be looking for when you're going for you when you're going uh, to choose a Pilates class and you're trying it for the first time. And I'm just going to start off with saying that Pilates and yoga and you know movement teachers in general, I think they are an amazing bunch of people because they've chosen what they do because they want to give others and that's what they do all the time they give others from their passion from their energy from their knowledge and they're really there to help you so in general you're going to find amazing teachers amazing people they're really trying hard to make the best you know out of the lesson and uh, have you progress and improve your pain or whatever reason you're coming to Pilates for. However, there's a few differences and I'm going to give you my ideas about what makes it successful. You know, I've seen people doing Pilates for years and years and years um, and most of them are very loyal customers. They, they stick to their Pilates teacher. Once they found someone, they just stick to it. I just encourage you to try and understand what the motivation, what's the reason you're coming to do Pilates. It can be something very superficial, like I want to look great, and whether your teacher is there to support you with your goals. And when I say superficial, I'm not judging it at all. I'm just saying I need you to, I want you to know what your motivation is, because that's going to keep you there for long. Now I'm going to go into very practical things, practical things that I want you to look for when you're choosing your Pilates class. The first thing is qualification. Unfortunately, Pilates teachers come from very different, various backgrounds. And I'm not here to underestimate any qualification and I'm not going to name anything. I just want you to check. Maybe you can ask, maybe you can look online, but you can check because I want you to know that there are very kind of thorough, extensive and comprehensive programs for Pilates teachers. It's almost like a degree where they need to really understand in depth, you know, human physiology and anatomy and others that just literally, and I'm telling you examples from real life, they either have done maybe two days of qualification. Some of them have not done a qualifications. They were given a manual book by their studio and then they just started teaching. And they started teaching on machines like reformers, where it's really a lot about safety. And, and you need to really 
check online and if it's not online, ask the questions. I think it's really important. You can imagine there's a really big gap between their knowledge and the ones that have done extensive programs. The second thing that I want you to look for is how, and I know it sounds very specific, but it's so important that I have to mention that today. How are you being taught to position your pelvis? There are those Pilates teachers who teach you to tuck your tailbone under, to hollow your tummy, and to, you know, to push your lower back into the floor. And there's others who would teach you to keep neutral back. And I know some people would not agree with me on this one, but I'm very determined to tell you my opinion. You have to stick with those who go and teach you to keep neutral spine. And I'm just going to tell you, without going into too technical terms here, you can now, if you sit now or you stand up, you can try to tuck your tailbone underneath you. You might be kind of feeling a lot of engagement in your core, in your glutes. This is not how your body is designed to function. And I truly believe that Pilates training should help you feel better in your body in your daily life. That's the goal. There's nothing else, right? You need to feel better. You know, looking better is, is obviously a side effect too. But it's to, to feel better, to move better. And you're going to feel better only when you move better. So, and again, there's nothing wrong with tucking your tailbone under. And there's nothing wrong with hollowing your tummy. But if you're encouraged to do that again and again and again, that does not encourage you to build a spine that is pain-free, that is stress-free. When you tuck your tailbone underneath you, you're really encouraging your big muscles, your big tummy muscles to work. And that's not a great thing because you, you're not letting the muscles underneath those big muscles, the muscles that are close to your spine, to take on some of the load. Okay, And we're really trying to encourage those deep muscles in your abs to work and to support your spine. If your spine, if your core is stabilized well, you're moving better from your hips, you'll be moving better from your shoulders. So it's really important, not only that to spur that load on your spine, but also to be able to move well in other joints in your body. So stabilizing in, and understanding how to stabilize your core well and how to breathe well, it's fundamental for your, for your classes. That actually brings me to the next point, breathing. Okay, breath is or dysfunctional breath is very highly correlated with lower back pain pelvic floor dysfunction dysfunctions so many of the other things that we see uh, from clients or students coming to classes not paying attention to breathing or not cueing you to breathe with every mo movement is a big miss so watch out for that i'm moving on the other point is variety. It doesn't mean that you need to get a different routine every single class, okay? As a matter of fact, when I teach my students, I switch their routine only once a month because the routine is so challenging. It's, it's not that we do dramatic things necessarily, but it's challenging for the brain. I truly believe that we need to challenge not only our body, but also our brain. So it takes some time to absorb the routine, to understand it, to flow with it. This actually is coming from my students. They really want to feel that they are improving, that they're getting better. And then within the month, they do. They feel they're getting massively better from the first time they've done the routine. But after a month, I switch the routine. 
and it's, it's always in the beginning of the month that we you know they all feel a bit confused um and and they feel a little bit mm, i feel so good about myself at the end of last month now i feel bad again and we talk about that we talk about why we feel like that and how we can overcome those feelings but you need to remember that our body needs change you need to challenge your body you have to challenge your body with new exercises and again i'm not i'm not suggesting that you need to keep changing all the time it's great to do um you know sometimes to repeat the same exercises month after month after month but maybe change the sequence maybe change the order maybe change uh, and modify it using props using uh, moving from two legs to one leg to make it a bit harder so you have to make sure that you're not doing the same routine for so long if you're fooling yourself and you think it's actually i, I like that i don't like change and i, I think that's just going to maintain my body I'm sorry to say it's not going to, all right? This is the kind of bad news, but it's not going to. And if you want just to maintain it, you have to surprise it all the time. It will be stagnant. It will go backwards, okay? So some kind of variety is really, really important. Okay, two more things to go. And then I'm going to give you a tip to conclude this discussion, all right? Standing work. Pilates has to include standing work. I know some of the uh, classes don't, don't do that. They just stick to exercises on the floor. Again, it's a great thing if you're just starting out and you need the support of the floor, if you need to kind of to have that feeling against the floor and to learn the technique, to learn the basics. But very soon enough, and I, to be honest, even from the first class, you have to do some standing work. Remember, your Pilates is there to serve your body to function well in daily life. And it can be on the reformer, it can be even on your mat. So even if you do a mat work-based Pilates, standing work is important. And the last, but really not least, is options. Most of the time with the more advanced exercises, and they don't have to be super advanced, they can just be like a side, a side plank, for example, they need to give you options. And, and most likely they need to show you, firstly, the easier version and then build you up slowly slowly to the uh, more advanced version you should get modifications from your teachers if you can't do something or you feel it's too much for you for any kind of reason you need to remember that the work that you're doing and it doesn't matter if it's a group class or a private class it has to serve your body well okay your body is not there to try to fit in to whatever the teacher is teaching you your teacher needs to fit their routine to you. And I hope that makes sense. And you deserve that. And I want you to ask this from your teacher. And I don't want you to think that a teacher that doesn't demonstrate is a bad teacher. Maybe they just focus on you. And they teach you how to listen better. So they teach you how to focus on yourself. To focus on your own practice. And not to focus how it looks because the same exercise that someone else does would not look the same when you do it and it's not right or better try to let go of that judgment it's just different just looking at someone else can really confuse you and can really take the joy out of your practice if you just focus on yourself and the teacher focuses on you and gives you the instructions and the cues of how to feel in your body 
not how it looks, how it feels. It can really transform the way you practice. And I'm going to leave you with the last piece of advice. And that's a question that I want you to ask. If you are not sure about what you're doing in class, if you're not sure about an exercise, the best question that you need to ask your teacher is why? And your teacher should be able to answer that question well. Now, if your teacher says to you, I don't know, that's a good answer. They're being honest with you. Uh, they're going to go back home and they're going to look and, and try to find you an answer. And that's a really sensible way of, of uh, learning and teaching because, you know, it, it is so much about the human body. We can't possibly know everything. We just can't. But you deserve to ask why. You deserve to get an answer for your question. And you need to understand why. And I think if you know why you're doing the exercise, you're going to really enjoy the practice so, so much more. There's going to be so much more motivation to actually do the practice. And now all you need to do is just go out there and look for a Pilates class that you like and stick with it and really transform your life. That's really what I believe in. So hopefully you enjoy this podcast and I'll see you really soon. So keep training intelligently. Lots of love. <laughs>